We're back. Episode 6 in the ongoing adventures of Sculpt, the Melbourne Food Podcast, coming at you. Weekly intakes, all the news that's fit to chew. And this week, possibly the most exciting episode yet of Scoff, we're delving deep into one of my eternal, internal, burning passions. Emphasis on burning, particularly in a rectal sense, as this week we're discussing the cult of dainty Sichuan and provincial Chinese food in Melbourne. My name's Jay. Welcome to episode six. I'm too excited. Let's get straight into news. How have you been? Hit me with your news. Tell me how you've been. Speak into your device right now and tell me what's going on since I spoke to you last. You got nothing for me? Luckily, I've got news for you. We spoke recently about the sad closure of iconic Richmond restaurant Union Dining. Boom! As Freddie Mercury said, another one bites the dust. Hatted and well-regarded restaurant Mr. Jennings, headed up by Ryan Flaherty, ex-Estelle, ex-Fat Duck, ex-El Bowie. The man worked at fucking El Bowie. Can you believe it? That just goes to show that a glitzy resume does not a successful restaurant make. Ryan's decided to close the doors at his restaurant in Richmond. Very sad for locals. The well-regarded restaurant will possibly come up in a different form in the future. Just goes to show you how difficult this oversaturated Melbourne, Melbourne restaurant scene continues to be. The choices are numerous and the standard is so high that even a single less than exemplary experience can result in um, some catastrophic results. A man who's delivered some pretty exemplary experiences in the past. The iconic, jovial, legend of the scene, Tony Tan. He's had dishes named after him by Andrew McConnell. He's written articles for Gourmet Traveller. He's hosted, from what I understand, quite scandalous food tours throughout the last few years, along with uh, master classes and training. He's a bit of a legend of the scene. He's a, he's a well-regarded chef and former restaurateur. He's back in the game. Taking over the abandoned Punch Lane site, doing his South Asian thing. Should be pretty exciting to have another authentic high-end Southeast Asian option. Um, let's be honest, it's not like we have a dearth of delicious Asian restaurants in Melbourne. So looking forward to what Tony can bring to the pack and wish him well. What a charming gentleman he is. And in line with, obviously, the exciting... Uh, news this week that it will be a dainty Szechuan themed episode. Tina Lee and her husband business partner Ye Shao have recently announced that they are leaving Melbourne. Not so much leaving, but what should I say? They're expanding outside of the hallowed ground of Melbourne into the even more brutal and ruthless setting, the high-end harbour city, Sydney. They'll be opening a branch of their popular uh, Tina's Noodle Kitchen, serving up hot bowls of Quang King offal soup, etc. at the hustling and bustling World Square site in the CBD in Sydney, which is also host to uh, the flagship Neil Perry's Burger Project 
and also, I believe, the first Sydney outlet of Din Tai Fung. So a bit of a uh, entry-level uh, food extravaganza precinct developing there. All right, I can no longer contain my excitement. This week, we're talking about one of my passions, something I truly believe, the ethereal, life-giving power of the Szechuan peppercorn and the dealer, the provider. They're hooking it up to our veins at multiple venues across Melbourne. We're talking dainty Szechuan this week on Scoff. So the number one question that usually comes when I tell people that haven't heard of Dainty Szechuan is, why the hell is it called Dainty Szechuan? That's a good question, I don't know. Please don't ask me, I do not know. I only claim to be an expert in this field. My expertise comes in the consumption and then reporting upon the flavours therein. What I do know is that this empire, this restaurant empire, was started by the aforementioned Tenele and her husband Yixiao many years ago in a small eight-seat restaurant in the then very unfashionable Coke Den, or should I say Crack Den, not even the high-end drugs. We're talking Crack Den of Smith Street, Collingwood. Of course, that's no longer the case. Much like Smith Street itself, the dainty Szechuan empire has flourished into one of the biggest brands in Melbourne. A little bit of background. What is Szechuan food? It is provincial Chinese food. Obviously, Highlighted by the use of the eponymous Szechuan peppercorns. The spelling of the word Szechuan, far removed from your local Szechuan beef with its fluorescent red cornflower glow, is S-I-C-H-U-A-N, Szechuan. No Z, none of that. Let's keep it traditional. It means four rivers, people. It's a beautiful, poetic word, which has come to represent some beautiful, poetic food. International heavy hitters like David Chang espouse the virtues. It's one of the restaurants you visit when you're in Melbourne, if not the one. And if you want to do some chef spotting during the April World's Top 50 San Pellegrino list reveal, that's where you go. Head to Dainty Szechuan at one of their many outlets, particularly the South Yarra flagship, and you'll see some of the biggest heavy hitters in the world chowing down on spicy, sweat, blood-curdling noodles. Let's give you some background about what goes on at Dainty Szechuan. They've got a whole host of venues, from Box Hill, their original site in the city uh, on Burke Street, which has since been taken over by one of their rivals in the Chinese food game, Hutong, now known as Lost Heaven, serving up some, let's be honest, not quite as good Dainty Szechuan rip-off food. But good luck to them. I visited that place recently. Certainly good value for money, but the quality of food isn't quite there. To counter that, the Dainty Szechuan people have actually opened a very small, very tiny little place called Little Szechuan at the QV building. Dirt cheap. We're talking $7.80 soup base and then like 3 or $4 to add vegetables. You're getting a giant bowl of food for that $15 mark. Incredible value. If you are a little bit turned off by the prices of some of these Szechuan restaurants, and they can creep up, particularly if you're doing hot pot or seafood, that would be the place I would check out first. 
head up to QV, get yourself a standing bowl of noodles from Little Szechuan. Get acquainted with the flavours. They can be off-putting. They are intense. It will take you a while. And then wander over to Aqua S and have a butterscotch salted caramel or miso chicken leg flavoured soft serve. And you will be in heaven. Okay, back on track. The flagship is Turak Road, South Yarra. Two stories, hustling and bustling. At any time, it is packed. You know that when you're surrounded by Chinese people getting drunk, eating the food, and absolutely loving it, that you're in a good place. Also, just as many uh, people have made it their sort of family hangout, it's not uncommon to see a group of people go in and over-order and then ask for the $1 takeaway containers and then eat Szechuan food for the rest of the week. It's that sort of place. It is regarded as one of Melbourne and indeed uh, Australia's number one must-visit restaurants, but at the same time, it's pretty cash. You can have beers. You can BYO. In fact, if you're a wine drinker, I would recommend this because much like most other Chinese restaurants in Melbourne, the wine list leaves a little bit to be regarded, to a uh, little bit to be uh, desired, I should say. Cocktail's nothing special. Basically, you want cold Xing Tao, and if your lips are struggling with a Szechuan pepper, you probably want a bit of cold soybean milk as well. They've also since expanded Lonsdale Street, a giant 200 festival of Szechuan, specialising in individual hot pots. They've got branches in the lower levels of the Emporium and soon to come at Shadston, basically a variation on the Tina's Noodle Kitchen model, which is also on Twonston Street, which is, uh, as I said earlier in the news, specialising in offal and Kwongqing hot pot noodles. What are the flavours based on in Szechuan food? Obviously, it's the red Szechuan peppercorn, the numbing, tingling sensation that overcomes you when you eat this addictive pepper. It's the Pixian Dubtong Zhang fermented fava bean and chili paste. That rich, sweet, nutty, sort of all-encompassing umami, which gives flavour to the broths and noodle dishes. And the addictive Qingqiang black vinegar. Black vinegar is something somewhere between balsamic, honey, um, black garlic, sweet, sour, salty. It's got everything. It's addictive. Um, if you've ever really loved Chinese food and thought, what the hell is that? Very, very real chance that it's Szechuan black vinegar or the Malzut Hunang red vinegar, which is also very popular for giving flavour to those dishes. So now that you've got an idea of what goes on at Dainty Szechuan, we're going to review it. We're going to talk about some of my favourite dishes there, what to go for, and what to avoid this week on Scoff. Point A1, when discussing the South Yarra flagship Dainty Szechuan store, is not a discussion or a recommendation. It is quite simply a requirement. To be a listener to this show, to partake in the Melbourne food scene as adamantly as I know you do, it is a requirement that you have eaten the fish fragrant eggplant at Dainty Szechuan. The ethereal combination of mystically caramelised, deep-fried eggplant with salted chilli, soy, replete with various other mystical qualities, will provide you a nigh-on sexual experience. 
a flavor encounter that I am not equipped verbally to describe. I will say no more. Eat this dish. The second most pressing question when you go to daddy's restaurant is to hot pot or not? Do you want to get some of your mates, drain some beers, sit around a bubbling hot pot of broth and dip in various animal bits and vegetables, slurping and chewing until you burst? Sounds like a bit of a party to me. The a la carte menu, of course, offers bountiful, eternally delicious options, but they do offer the hot pot. I myself, despite being a well-renowned consumer of everything edible, struggles a little bit with spleen, livers, offal, tripe. Not that I won't eat it, not that I haven't eaten it. In fact, I once ate a testicle, but that's a story for another time. It's not necessarily comfort food for me, but it certainly is for Sichuan people and a lot of Chinese people. And it is a local delicacy and it is something to be tried. If you can eat curdled blood cake with your tofu, go for it. But I'm here to talk about a little bit more of the uh, a la carte options and some of the famous dishes that has made Dangerous Szechuan an international hotspot for foodies. I'd like to talk about the tasty cold noodle. It's called that on the menu, tasty cold noodle. A menu, might I add, which has pictures. That's right. The old no-go zone of tourist food. The old adage that if you're in Barcelona walking up La Rambla and you see a restaurant with pictures of paella at the front, run away. If you're in Rome looking for a place to eat pizza and there's a place with laminated pictures of pizza on the front, go in the opposite direction. But if you're in South Yarra looking for a, t- looking for a Szechuan dinner, pictures are okay. In fact, it helps because there's a lot of things in there which aren't necessarily indicative description-wise of what arrives on the plate. And the tasty cold noodle is one. A simple cold noodle dish, very cheap, in the 5 to $6 range, coated with a peanutty szechuan sauce, addictive and the perfect way to start a Szechuan meal. Big fan of the ants climbing on trees, a sort of semi-vermicelli-style Szechuan dish. Um, Difficult to describe, and I'll leave it with the poetic title lingering in your ears. The iconic cumin lamb, a sort of flash-fried lamb slices with cumin, which is uh, atypical of most Chinese food, but typical for Szechuan food. A really fragrant, uh, dried chili dish with um, blackened peppers and various other deliciousness. Must try. I'm a big fan of the zucchini threads. I think they took them off the menu recently. You can still get it at other daddy Szechuan outlets. Basically, a giant, if not two or three, uh, shredded zucchinis put into a bowl with a black chinquang vinegar liquor floating around. Very refreshing, especially in the face of all the onslaught of spice coming your way. Another decision you have to make as you walk into daddy Szechuan, surrounded by this sort of grim... Uh, Desperate faces of fish swimming in tanks. They do do live seafood. Beautiful, giant, pearly white snow crabs clicking around ominously in a crowded tank. I am one for animal welfare. I do believe in that. And it is unfortunate. But it's also delicious. Are you going to do that? If you've got a, uh, an expense account or you've saved up a bit of money, I'd be going for that. The fish barbecue is also delicious. Whole cod simmering covered in spicy deliciousness. And another iconic dish there they do, the Mapo tofu, which is often copied. As close in textural and flavour sort of satisfaction as you'll come to a Chinese spaghetti bolognese, a contrast of creamy versus um, sweet minced pork, uh, certainly 
brings back memories of childhood spag bowl. Certainly something I can recommend. Something I wouldn't recommend. Uh, getting too offended if you are treated a little bit like cattle, particularly if you are of Caucasian nature. That's okay. Uh, being of the, uh, the least discriminated race on earth, I don't have an issue with being treated a little bit with a bit of shortness in a busy Chinese restaurant. That's okay with me. In fact, it's part of the experience. As aforementioned, probably don't go there looking for a wine experience. Uh, it's garbage. You can be YO. And definitely don't go there looking for desserts. In fact, they sort of warn you not to order them. They do have some. You will get a look if you try and order dessert. Um, I would just, uh, I would say that for another time in another place. It's all about the meat. It's all about the Szechuan. It's all about the noodles. This is what we go to Danny Szechuan for. Let's not treat it like something it's not. Let's not have expectations based on its name and its virtues that it's going to be some Michelin star level experience. It's not a service-based restaurant. It's a food-based restaurant. And that's my favorite type of restaurant. I wholeheartedly recommend you visit this place. I wholeheartedly recommend you visit this place as often as possible. And I wholeheartedly recommend that you at least plan for around 30 to 45 minutes of solid toilet bowl time in the following 24 hours after your initial Szechuan experience. You will be feeling it, but that addiction will only be fed by more and more Szechuan in your life. All right, it's time for a rant on Scott. So originally this rant was intended to detail the sad, sad state of local, of which I'm a big fan of the suburban Chinese restaurant, offering Western meals to appease the frankly frightened palate of the masses. We're talking steak and chips at Tim Ho Chow in Melbourne, as an example. But it led me to thinking about places that compromise their view and what they're willing to serve in order to sate the sort of, as I said, frightened palates of the proletariat. I will regale to you a story now of true horror, told to me by someone who works at a prominent and extremely busy cafe, one in which it's not uncommon to wait 30 minutes for a table on a Sunday, on a Sunday morning, aka the clockwork orange zone for hospitality people, where all best laid plans and intents and purposes quickly go out the door under a deluge of entitled and impatient tired people looking for coffee and avocado. He recently fielded a request, and I shit you not, to order the smashed avocado. We're just going to share it. Could you do it on two bits of toast? Could one of them be gluten-free with just normal avocado? And could one be the regular smashed avocado, feta on the side, no chili, extra lemongrass, on just a regular bread? Can I get another piece of gluten bread on the side and some steamed spinach? How about no? How about your order off the menu? You order one dish each, you do what you're supposed to, and partake in the situation as a consumer as you are. You are not a visiting dignitary. You are not royalty. You cannot walk into a place like this and completely change the menu to fit your imagined half paleo, half gluten-free, tea diet, detox, cayenne pepper, garbage lifestyle. 
which you're going to enforce on the world through Instagram posts later on. We don't want to hear it. And in fact, I'm making a stand. And I'm proud of this man. He looked at them and said, to be honest with you, we're not going to do that. Which just fills me with joy and pride for this man. And the litany of reasons why he shouldn't have to do that are so huge, I won't waste your time here. Basically, you're ruining the entire business model that we have and our sequence of service and the way we serve food because you're uneducated and you're selfish and you're so lazy that you can't put a piece of avocado on your own flavorless wheat germ bread at home. I would recommend that. What was I going to talk about? I can't even remember anymore. That's right. The, the suburban local restaurant that offers Western meals and they're still around. Head out to Mentone. Head to the greatest stretches of our city. The extremes of the townships. And you will find opposite the gross gluggy black bay and the questionable meat of very questionable provenance fried rice that tastes like dirty wok. Five seconds.